Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. Hey, faithful listeners, I'm so appreciative that you're here, and I just want to thank all the the new people that have been tuning in. I want to thank first and foremost, Virginia and also uh, Colorado for tuning in. But I can't forget about Ohio. Ohio is still my favorite state and always will be. I'm sorry, everybody else. I love Ohio because it's my home state. (laughs) But I'm very thankful also to the other uh, states, people that are choosing to tune in to the Bible Explained podcast every morning and share a cup of coffee with me, which is so awesome. And to, you know, just listen to scripture and talk about it with me. So let's talk about Luke 10 verses 17 through 24 today. So grab your Bible, the most important thing, and also that cup of coffee. You know what? I was not drinking coffee for a while and uh, I fell off the wagon pretty badly. And now I'm drinking coffee all day again. Okay, here's what happened though. Uh, To go off on a tangent, I noticed that I was not getting as much indigestion while I was not drinking coffee. I have noticed that my indigestion has been back up to a significant amount, but also my energy has as well. So I'm kind of balancing. (laughs) Do I want to have a stomach ache and have energy for the rest of the day and feel pretty decent with a mild stomach ache? Or do I want to have no stomach ache and no energy for the whole day? So I decided I was going to choose the stomach ache and the coffee as well. (laughs) So yeah, that's what I've been, uh, been up to recently. I fell off the wagon with my coffee, with my no coffee drinking. So I'm back to drinking coffee. So grab yours and uh, your Bible as well. So let's go ahead and read Luke 10, 17 through 24 out of the W.E.B. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said to them, I saw Satan having fallen like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will in any way hurt you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In that same hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for it was well-pleasing in your sight. Turning to the disciples, he said, All things have been delivered to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and he to whomever the Son desires to reveal him. Turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see the things which you see and didn't see them, and to hear the things which you hear and didn't hear them. So you remember that Jesus sent out his 70 disciples in pairs to the different towns and villages and wherever else all around the area. And so they come back. We don't know how long it took. I would guess several weeks at the least. They come back to Jesus and they're like, Jesus, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So they recognize that Jesus's name has power. And, you know, we often think of 
demons and Satan as having great power, like we definitely do. We think of them as having a lot of power, especially if somebody is possessed by a demon or is getting messed with by a demon. We think they have a ton of power and they do. They do have a, an amount of power for sure. But the, these disciples are excited. They're coming back like, Jesus, we're able to cast out demons in your name. And Jesus rejoices with these men that return to him. He gives them like the best compliment you could ever give somebody. Like he really does. He says to them, I saw Satan falling like lightning from heaven. So he's basically telling his disciples, Satan's throne, his empire was shaking because of what you guys were doing. When you were going out preaching in my name and when you were healing in my name and casting out demons in my name, Satan's empire was shaking. And Jesus recalls to his disciples the time when he remembers seeing Satan fall from heaven. And so I personally believe that Satan has fallen several times, if I'm being 100% honest, because it does talk about a bunch of different times that Satan did fall from heaven. And the first time would be around the time of the Garden of Eden, where Satan uh, was in heaven and he was part of God's holy temple in heaven because of Satan's sin, which it talks about that in Isaiah, I believe. He was cast down from heaven. He was thrown out of the uh, holy place up in heaven. Whether or not he was thrown out of heaven at that time period, I don't believe so. But we do know that once and for all, at the very end of time, Satan is going to be thrown out forever. He's going to be thrown into the, um, the lake of fire at the very end of everything, never to mess with people again. So Satan does fall a handful of times. But what Jesus is saying is he's saying that I recall seeing Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So instantaneously. So then Jesus goes on to compliment them more. Behold, I give you guys authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So Satan obviously is the enemy. And by the way, Satan actually means accuser. The enemy, Satan, is the accuser. He's the one that goes around accusing people of bad stuff. But anyway, that's just a side note. But basically, Jesus says that he continues to give authority to his disciples to the point where they can trample on dangerous things like serpents and scorpions. And we know that both of those things actually are considered like analogy wise to be demonic in nature. We see um, scorpions kind of mentioned here and there that kind of have like a negative, almost demonic connotation. But then we also know that the serpent was Satan, was Lucifer in the Garden of Eden. We know that because that's pretty clearly laid out in uh, Revelation that uh, Satan was the serpent. So it's not impossible, right, to go out and to like step on a serpent or on a scorpion. I remember um, my family, my extended family actually lives out in Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix has an issue with scorpions, a really bad issue. So they always say, check your shoes. You got to check your shoes to make sure a scorpion didn't go in there because they're very, very poisonous, right? You get stung by a scorpion, you're in pretty bad shape. Well, my dad, when he went out to go visit um, his family many years ago, this was when I was a little kid, 
my dad came home and he was so, so sick, so sick. And it turned out that he had this scorpion sting on his back. Now, my dad is a big guy, like he's a big, tall guy. And he was put down for days after that scorpion sting. In all honesty, he probably should have gone to the um, doctor for that one. I don't know if he did. I don't remember. I think he I think he did not, but he probably should have. But <laughs> he didn't. And he ended up being fine, obviously. But um, he was messed up for days because he got that scorpion sting on his back. So it was probably in the bed or something on a, the lawn chair. I don't know where he was sitting, but he ended up getting a sting from a scorpion which put him down for a really long time. So scorpions are nasty things. Serpents, for those of you guys who live in tropical-y locations or warmer locations, I do not. We don't have a lot of poisonous snakes around me. But for those of you who do, you know the dangers of snakes in your area. So yeah, obviously, these two things are very dangerous physically, but spiritually, so much more dangerous. These are the things we are battling against. Like I said, both of those two things, the serpents and the scorpions, are often analogies in scripture for demonic things. And we are battling the demonic uh, realm is actually what scripture tells us. Paul mentions that our fight is not just against human flesh. Like when we're fighting with somebody, there's also something else at play oftentimes. Not, I would say not always, but oftentimes there's something else at play. It's the spiritual realm that we don't see and we really don't know a lot about, but there is one. The spiritual realm exists. According to scripture, the spiritual realm exists. So Jesus says that he's giving his authority to his disciples to battle that spiritual realm over all the power of the enemy and over serpents and scorpions. Nothing will in any way hurt you. So he goes on to say, nevertheless, though, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. Because he's talking about that spiritual realm once again. Just because the spirits are subject to Jesus, we shouldn't be rejoicing in that. Rejoice instead that our names are written in heaven. You know, because Satan who was a beautiful angel at one point, or at least that's what uh, most people believe. He was a beautiful angel that lived in uh, God's temple, heavenly temple, who became so prideful that he fell to earth like a flash of lightning. If a beautiful angel, Lucifer, can have that much pride and fall away from God's grace because of that amount of sin that he ended up having, Jesus is saying to his disciples and to us, if Satan can do it, so can we. We can become that prideful that we fall away from God's grace and that we start falling into, uh, you know, our own sin of wanting to be above the things of God and idolize things that are against God's word. So Jesus says, don't rejoice over this power and over this authority that my name gives you, that the, the authority that I'm giving you, don't rejoice over that. Instead, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And I just have to say, there's that word again, authority. That's definitely the theme of Luke. Jesus has great authority, so much so that he's able to give it away to other people. <laughs> 
He's able to give authority over the demonic spirits to other people. He's able to give that away. So he says, don't rejoice in that, though. Rejoice because we are going to be in heaven where our names are written in heaven. Then afterward, Jesus starts rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. And he says, I thank you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for so it was well pleasing in your sight to do so. Jesus is rejoicing because of his disciples, his 70 disciples that he uh, he sent out. He's rejoicing with them and praying and saying, thank you so much, God, that these little children, these disciples who didn't have any knowledge of scripture before, these are the ones who you chose to reveal it to. Because the Pharisees who were so well educated didn't get it, didn't get it. But these random disciples that Jesus picked up along the way and said, follow me to these guys, these were the ones that God revealed his kingdom to. So then he turns to his own disciples and he says, all these things have been delivered to me by my father. No one knows who the son is except the father and who the father is except the son and he to whomever the son desires to reveal him. So Jesus is talking more about his authority that he is choosing to reveal God the father to us. He's choosing to reveal that because he can. But the other thing I find kind of mysterious here is the fact that Jesus is mysterious. (laughs) It says, no one knows who the son is except the father. So really we have an idea of who Jesus is, but really that relationship that Jesus and the, the father have is special and can really only be known by them. It sounds like I don't actually know completely what this means, if I'm being honest. I don't know, but it just kind of sounds like there's a an amount of mystery between the the relationship of God the Father and his Son. But Jesus chooses to reveal who God the Father is. And don't forget, Jesus is kind of the embodiment of God the Father. And Jesus is so loving and forgiving And so that means that God the Father is also loving and forgiving. Then in verse 23 and 24 to conclude, it says, He turns to his disciples again privately and says, Blessed are those eyes which see the things that you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see the things which you see and didn't see them, and to hear the things which you hear and didn't hear them. So he's saying, you guys are so blessed because you're the generation of people that are able to see these things. You're able to have God's kingdom revealed to you like this. And honestly, I would say that you and I are in this same blessing. Yes, we don't see Jesus physically. He's not here with us on earth, but we are able to have the Father revealed to us because Jesus chose to give us God's word. Jesus chose to reveal God's word to us and who the Father really is. So we're also blessed because the prophets of old, they only knew a little bit about the glory to come with Jesus, but you and I know it. And we know it even more than the disciples at this point knew it because the disciples were still super confused to who Jesus was really. And we have the full picture. We have the full gospel. So we're so blessed ourselves. And Jesus is saying that we're also blessed because we do have the full picture. And even though Jesus isn't on earth with us now, We are still so blessed to be able to have God's word and to read it 
and understand it the way Jesus wants us to. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And here's a quick word from the sponsor, which happens to be myself. Do you need help spending time in God's Word? The Alive Coloring Devotional is a great tool for you to gain motivation and build a healthy habit of walking with God. Get connected to all the stories you've heard before with intricate coloring pages and eight devotions discussing the days before Jesus' resurrection. Walk through this adult coloring devotional as you learn more about Christ's walk to the cross. The Alive Coloring Devotional. Come alive in Christ. So those are the Alive Coloring Devotionals that you can get on Amazon. And right now, I think the children's one is still on sale. You can grab that while you can. And uh, the adult one is like 10 or 11 bucks, I think, right now. So grab a copy of those so that you and your kids can do them together. But you know what, guys? Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. And I'll see you bright and early Friday morning. Happy listening and God bless.